Hi there, and welcome to episode 54 of the Value Through Vulnerability podcast. Today, I'm really excited to introduce you to Jordan Gross from Cloud9 Living. Met Jordan recently. Thank you to David McLennan for connecting us. This young man is absolutely blazing a trail. He's an author. He's currently writing his second book, Journey to Cloud9. He's a TEDx speaker and just all-round incredible human being who has done so much in his short 24 years on the planet including helping give me a challenge, one that I've set for myself, which is to do something that I dislike. And I can tell you already that I've started to step into that already. So I'll talk a little bit more about that in my wrap-up comments, but enjoy this conversation. Do look out for his book, Journey to Cloud9. I think you're really going to enjoy this conversation. And he and I will look forward to any feedback you may be kind enough to offer. Welcome to the next episode of Value Through Vulnerability. This is a podcast dedicated to helping put the human back into humanity. And this evening, evening time UK anyway, I'm really excited to introduce you to Jordan Gross from Cloud9 Living. Hello there, Jordan. Hey, Gary. How are you? So excited to be on the Value Through Vulnerability podcast. Uh, I know you said it's evening UK time. It's early evening here. I'm in New York City. It's about 540 um and i can't wait to get started man let's do this awesome well look i'm re really looking forward to this so we've been connected now for a few months on on linkedin and so many of us do connect these days a little shout out to dave mcglennon for mm -hmm. being connector um but hey look i'm just really excited <laughs> yeah, to get thanks, to know dave. you more really excited to get to know you more so look i've introduced you as yeah. uh, as jordan from cloud nine living do you want to give us a little bit of an overview yeah. who is jordan and actually how did cloud nine living come into being Oh my goodness, that's that could take us the rest of the thirty minutes. But uh, I'll try to I'll try to whiz through some of it and then get to where we are now, which is this cloud nine living concept. So, um, Gary, I like to say when I was younger, uh, I was blessed and I was fortunate to always fit in. Uh, unlike a lot of other people who maybe be going on personal growth and development journeys, um, I was an insider. Uh, I had a lot of great friends. My, I had a great support system in my family. Um, I was, you know, a very good student. I was a good athlete. And for me, for so long, it was just about checking boxes and going through the motions, right? And the motions at the time were based off of what other people expected me to do and really were telling me to do. So it was, you know, focus on my schoolwork and focus on my athletics. And then that's going to get me into a good college. And then I got into a good college. And then when I got to college, it was focus on your grades and get a good internship, right? So that's what I did. And I got these good internships. But then what I always say is that there was this little voice in the back of my head. And it, was, it started out very, very, very little and, uh, and very quiet. And it was saying, you know, do something different. Stand out. Be different, right? Deviate from the rest of the pack. Um, and I, I tried here and there, but I, I really didn't for a while. So in, in college, you know, I had those, those internships in the finance world and then in the consulting world. Um, and that voice told me like, okay, you don't like these things. So I knew I wasn't going to get into that. But then it was, again, society saying, you know what, just go back to school, you know, get, a, get another degree. So I went and I got my master's in management studies. 
If I fast forward a year or two, though, my first taste of deviating from the norm and starting something on my own was this Alzheimer's organization I started at Northwestern called They Forget We Remember. It was really the first time I had an idea because I always had a lot of ideas, but it was the first time I took initiative on the idea. And it was then that I attribute to falling in love with the process of just building something from the ground up and watching it grow. So that was really the first experience. And because of that, I got my master's in management studies um, at Northwestern's Kellogg School of Management. So I was in a great environment. I was in the heart of Chicago. So uh, honestly, Gary, I didn't have, I had a, a good amount of work to do and it was challenging, but I also had a lot of free time because there's only a couple classes at a time. Um, so I decided to dive into the startup world and, and really immerse myself in creating something, right? And using what I was learning in the classroom in an experiential setting. So I started, you know, working with a couple startup companies and then I actually created my own startup company, which turned into another startup idea. Um, and then little by little, you know, this voice in the back of my head was saying like, yes, you did it. You know, you're actually creating something on your own, you're becoming entrepreneurial and you're going to have this different journey, uh, that is, you know, so far off from what your peers are doing, but it's going to be so worthwhile. Didn't happen right away. So I actually, uh, I fell in love with the restaurant world and the food space, food and beverage space. And I was sucked in by the allure of this position that I was offered, which was a leadership and management program at one of the biggest uh, restaurant groups in the United States. And it was a very high paying salary. I was living in New York City in an apartment that they had for me. I was in a leadership role, like I mentioned, at a very, very young age. Um, and I, I had this prestigious opportunity, right? And I decided to take it. So with that, I understood and had to learn the hard way that sometimes um, a hobby or a passion doesn't necessarily translate over to a purpose or a career, right? So I learned that by, you know, taking initiative. So, you know, sometimes you win, sometimes you lose. Um, but after that experience, I said, you know, I got to get out of this position. It's not the impact that I'm supposed to be making on the world. And then I wrote my first book. And my first book was called Getting Comfy, Your Morning Guide to Daily Happiness which was a morning routine that really showed people how I woke up and approached the day with optimism and positivity um, and how I overcame a lot of the stresses and anxieties associated with uh, really anything that was anxiety inducing. Um, at the time it was, you know, my crazy hectic corporate job that I didn't really enjoy so much, but I still was coming to it with a positive upbeat attitude. Right. So I did that for the last you know, year and a half, and I've had some really cool opportunities. I, I got to give a TEDx talk about it. I got to do one-on-one -on -one coaching. I got to write a lot of articles, and I got to meet some really amazing people along the way. So I didn't really have a strategy when I first came out with that book, honestly. Uh, <laughs> so now, here we are, my second book, which actually there's a really, really cool origin story from that, um, which we can get into if you'd like. My second book is now The Journey to Cloud Nine, which uh, is really, it's, so it's a fiction book, actually. It's, it's creating a personal growth and development book based with a fictional spin based off of events that may or could happen, but definitely aren't real. Um, so that's what I'm up to now. And uh, it's really describing the journey of living this Cloud Nine life. And, and for me, it's about the life that I've chosen to live, that I've, the story that I've deliberately 
crafted for myself uh, so that I can look back in, you know, 40, 50 years from now with absolutely no regret. So that's what I'm doing now. It's turned into, you know, I've got this book that's in the works. I've got this website. I'm doing coaching. And now I'm, I'm going on these awesome podcasts just like this one and, and talking to people about what I'm doing. So, uh, yeah, I told you it could be long-winded, but I, I tried to skip over some things in there. <laughs> no, thank you so much for sharing. I, I think it's such a, rich, such a rich history. First of all, I've got to say, I was actually in Chicago two weeks ago, um, and what an amazing city. Oh, okay. What an amazing city. I like it. Loved it. Absolutely yeah. loved it. But what I think yeah. is really, really interesting for me, Drew, and I like, definitely like to explore this Cloud9 um, concept you're developing, but the way that you yeah. listen to those voices, because I'm someone myself over, you know, I'm 42 years old. I didn't listen to those voices for a good two decades. I knew I wanted mm-hmm. to do something different, wanted to make a difference bigger than myself, but I lacked the ability yeah. to listen to those voices. What was it for you that, what do you think yeah. it is within you that you, you grabbed hold of that quite early in your life, in your career? Yeah, so I attribute it to two things. One, I would actually say over the overarching society that I and we currently live in, I think in a more general answer, there's just a lot more information, stories, exposure to this idea that we can grab control and, and take the reins on our life starting right now, right? And I think you do see a lot of younger people. I'm 24 at this point. I think you do see a lot of younger people who don't have the responsibility, who don't have the wife and children, who don't necessarily need to be making hundreds of thousands of dollars uh, to support themselves right now, taking that risk and taking that, that leap into this kind of world and listening to those voices in the back of their head. So I, w- I would say that's number one. But number two uh, is my sphere of influence and the people who I surround myself with and, and really the things that I surround myself with. So it was a lot of it is attributed um, to, to one, the support that I actually had for my parents to, to say, go, go do this. You know, we will, we'll be your biggest fans no matter what you do. Uh, but two, it's the podcast that I was listening to and the books that I was reading in this personal growth and development world, you know? So mm-hmm. I actually like to say, Gary, it's funny, like my aha moment or my light bulb moment was actually the realization that I didn't need an aha moment or a light bulb moment because I'd listen to all these stories, right? Of these, these quote unquote influencers in the personal growth and development world, the New York times bestsellers, you know, the people with thousands and millions of followers. And I think so often you hear that it was a time of devastation or tragedy when they decided to take control of their life. Right. And for me, like I mentioned in the beginning, I've been really fortunate and really blessed to have an amazing life and not have to experience anything too traumatic. So I said, why wait for that perfect or imperfect alignment of the stars? Why not go ahead and right now, while I'm in a great place, take control of the direction of my life? So that's what I decided. That's why I decided to listen to the voices and once I decided that, it took some exploration and it took some trial and error, but now I realize it's about the full immersion into the world that, that I want to be in. And I, I think I've found, uh, I think I've found the quote unquote purpose for me right now. That's awesome. So if you, if you, if you're going, if you're going to speak a little bit more about what that purpose is, how would you, 
you know, we've just met as we have today. You know, what, what does that mean to you? If you're going to describe to me yeah. one sentence or two or a paragraph, what is that purpose of Jordan? Yeah, so I, I've been thinking about this a lot recently because I'm, you know, I'm talking about cloud nine all the time. People are saying, oh, you must want to make people happier. You must want to have, you know, people experience these intense feelings of euphoria. Um, and for me, I, I thought of this the other day. And let, let me know if you like it, honestly, because it might be, uh, it might be my tagline at some point. But I just want to evoke any sort of emotion from one other person every single day. And the reason why I don't say something like I just want to make somebody smile every single day is because even in hearing all these stories every day about cloud nine is all about happiness and, and really, you know, living the lives that we want to live and the moments that we truly remember and look forward to. And even in hearing those stories all the time, people expect me to always be happy or always want to be happy. But I actually don't think that's what it's all about. I think it's experiencing the full range of motion of emotion in order to make the happy moments uh, that much happier, right? So that's the way you can elevate your, your feelings of euphoria is by experiencing the sadness, the frustration, the anger, all of these things. So I don't want to just make people happy. I want to make them feel something that really makes them change their normal direction of their everyday life. That's beautiful. Jordan, <laughs> look, you, 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 you've asked me. The, you've asked me the question, and I think I really it does come up for me really powerfully. Actually, you're speaking about evoking mm-hmm. a shift in react, whatever that emotion is. You're right. There is, you know, rightly or wrongly, there's a lot of movements out there. Positive psychology. You know, you're looking at neuroscience. Now, there's yeah. no good or bad. You know, we all make mm-hmm. a choice as yeah. to how we live our lives. Yeah. What I really like about what you're talking about there is that. Yeah, you're not looking to try and influence anyone. It's almost like you're trying to create the space and the awareness for someone to experience every emotion such that their life is richer, not necessarily happier, but richer in themselves. That's what I'm hearing. Yeah, you're, you're so right. And a lot of the times I think of, you know, what's the opposite of extreme happiness, extreme sadness, right? And I think like, in, so we can get to my book later if, we, if you want to talk about it. But Please, yeah, yeah in, so basically, you know, in my book, there are moments where I specifically want the reader to cry, right? Mm-hmm. I, I'm building a, like a sad story because I think after you experience that tremendous sadness, one, not only do you learn so much about emotions, but two, you can so much more appreciate those happy, amazing times after you've been all the way down on the roller coaster, you, you know, you can get even up higher. So yeah, it's, it's definitely, it's not just about this one thing. It's not always about smiling. It, it's, it's about everything. It's about all of the emotions. I, I really do. Generally, I really do love that experiential angle. And it's, it's, it's interesting because you, when you introduce yourself, Jordan, for the listeners, it's really fascinating because you was very quickly to go down the experiential route, you know, how you learn, how you grow, how you wanted to experience in that startup. So there's this very clear, for me, golden thread of experience mm-hmm. within you, which is really interesting. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I, I think experiential learning is, is not the only thing we should do. I think the books are important, but it, there has to be experiential learning as well or else we're never going to know how to apply anything to our real lives 
So if I may ask, what, what, were the, what, what was an experience yeah. or maybe a mix of experiences that you had that provoked you and your emotions to want to write this book? To want to write the, the journey to cloud yeah. nine. Yeah. 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 So I love this story. It's the origin story I mentioned. And I'm, I'm always pumped up about this one because people asked me why I wrote the first book getting comfy and there was no like really cool story behind it. Um, but this one, there is a cool one. So it was, this was back in November of 2018 and it was a, a really introspective weekend. So I had just finished reading Mitch Albom's book, The Next Person You Meet in Heaven, which is a sequel to The Five People You Meet in Heaven. Um, and also an acquaintance of my friend group had passed away. So there were just a lot of thoughts running through the mind. And it was a Sunday football day and I was out in uh, downtown New York City. I live in Midtown. And we were just, you know, talking about normal guy stuff, watching football, American football, by the way, Gary, uh, <laughs> for a while. And I, although I do love football, football. Um, but anyway, we're just talking and then the conversation got deeper than normal. And we started talking about life and we started talking about death and we started talking about friendships and happiness and, and love and all these, these things you wouldn't expect 24 year old guys to talk about on a Sunday football day. Um, but it was, it was really quite fascinating to hear everybody's opinions. And on my ride home, I was in an Uber and I'm always the guy who, like I mentioned before, I want to change somebody else's day. So if you think about an Uber driver, somebody who is driving people around all the time and often just sitting there in silence because so many of us just want to sit in the back of the Uber and not talk to them. Uh, I'm the guy who always wants to talk to them. But today, after these conversations, I just kind of wanted to, to let the thoughts simmer and sit in silence until we're driving on the East River in New York City on the FDR Expressway. And I saw a boat in the river and the boat happened to be called cloud nine. Now I look at the boat and I say to the Uber driver, like, Oh, cloud nine. That's a, that's a cool name for a boat. And he's like, Oh yes, very much so. And I just blurted out. So what does cloud nine mean to you? And his responses were, were so fascinating. And they are a lot of the, the chapters in the book. So He's talking to me about the day he got married, the day he had children, the day he was able to make enough money to um, send, send some back to his home country. He talked about you know, his favorite childhood memory. And uh, my wheels started turning about this cloud nine life we could all live based on these transformative life experiences. So... That's the story. And it's, and after that, you mentioned positive psychology before um, I was in this state of flow that I'd never experienced before. And I outlined the book in a matter of two days. And then every day I wrote a chapter and then the next day I'd research and then I'd write another chapter and then I'd research. And I put together this whole manuscript in about five weeks. I was done by new year's day uh, with the first draft. So that was the story. And it was all because I didn't just sit in the, the back of the Uber and sit in silence. I changed that guy's day by having a conversation, which I think so many of us forget all the time. So that's the story. And that's the experience that really, you know, led to the cloud nine movement, which is now so much more than just the book. Wow. Wow. Well, I've got a, I'm certainly buzzing as you described this, Jordan, honestly, I can really, <laughs> yes. I can really pick that conversation. I can really pick mm -hmm. 
And I think what's really powerful for me, you know, certainly in relation to, to this podcast, is that deep present humanity that you shared with that Uber driver. Because as you say, so, you know, in, a, in this, you know, literally every moment we live the, our lives, every breath that we take is an opportunity to connect. And I think so often yeah. these days with these devices, we choose to connect via me, so, by social media or by non-face-to-face means. Right. And I think for you, not just because you're a young person of age 24, mm-hmm. but you, you intentionally said, actually, I'm going to connect with this other human being today. Yes. Yeah, that's so true. And it's that simple. It's really that simple. Just, just absolutely beautiful. So what's, so you mentioned it's part of a movement. So the book's one thing. And when is the book coming out, Jordan, out of interest? When, when's that due to? So, so the book I just signed with a publisher. So maybe six to nine months from now, we've got a whole long process of editing and marketing and everything like that. But now I want to get the word out. Uh, in prime time, which I think is a couple of months in advance. Right. Um, so that's why I'm doing this podcast journey. So that's when the book's going to, I don't have an exact date yet. Um, so six to nine months is what I'm saying at the moment. Okay. And, 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 you, refer- and you referenced a movement. So this book is one part. Mm-hmm. So speak, speak about that movement a little bit more. How, how else is your cloud yeah. life amplifying right now for you? Yeah, yeah totally. So at first, like I mentioned, I thought that Cloud9 was just these transformative, euphoric experiences. And it's actually so funny, Gary. I'll add to the story. A couple of days ago, I was running the same route on the East River in New York City. And I passed the Cloud9 boat, which I do a lot of the time. But I saw flyers on the fence uh, that separates the running path from the water. So you don't dive into the water. Um, and I took one of the flyers, and it said Cloud9 Charters. And I called the number of Cloud9 Charters and I said, hey, this is probably the weirdest phone call you're going to get today, but your boat has inspired me to write a book, make a website, go on 90 podcasts in 90 days um, and like start this whole journey to Cloud9, Cloud9 Living Company. And uh, we actually had a great conversation after that. And the woman ended up telling me that it's called Cloud9 because on that boat, that charter boat. Uh, they have events like weddings and barn bat mitzvahs and baptisms. And it's, there are these memorable experiences that people have on their lives uh, dur- during their lives. So that's why they want people to feel like they're on cloud nine. And that's initially all I thought cloud nine was going to be just this book where I highlighted some key life events based on the, what the Uber driver said, what I thought and what some people told me, but as I talk to more and more people about their cloud nine moments and their cloud nine lives, I realized that I had to relay to others that cloud nine was attainable every single day. That cloud nine didn't have to be this grandiose, you know, seven to nine times in a lifetime euphoria, but rather cloud, a cloud nine moment throughout your day could be a morning run. It could be this podcast conversation. It's just something that I have spoken to so many people about that is their, it's their pinnacle of their day. And you have to have a pinnacle of every single day in order to perform optimally, you know, even in the most dire of circumstances, even in the most stressful of days, if you know that at 7 PM, you're gathering around your dinner table with your family and that's your cloud nine moment, 
you know that that's going to elevate your day, right? So that's what Cloud9 has also turned into. It's people's interpretations of what Cloud9 means to them and how they reach Cloud9 every single day. And I'm trying to help more and more people who haven't necessarily gotten there yet to understand how they can reach Cloud9 on a daily basis and throughout their lives. So that's, that's what the Cloud9 movement's turned into. It's, 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 it's really, really interesting for me, this, you know, because it's, 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 it's really fascinating because quite often, you know, my origin story, I was bullied as a kid and whatever, and that's fine, you know, it doesn't define me, but that's my origin story. Mm-hmm. And that's fine. Mm-hmm. I talk about it, it's part, yeah. of, part of my story, and that's fine. But what I love about what you're doing with Cloud9 is, like you say, you came from a, you was included, you were good at sport, you're good academically, but you still knew that there was something better. There was something more enriching. There was something more internal to, to live from rather than this external world of things and job titles and money. You know, so we're, we're all pointing, I yeah. feel, Jordan, the same way, which is back to this inside view of ourselves mattering more than what the outside view looks like. Oh, that's so beautiful, Gary. And if you, if, for the sake of vulnerability, I'll share with you that Just because I was an insider in, you know, my relationships and my athletics and my academics, I actually, growing up, I can send you a picture if you want. I had this long hair and I was commonly mistaken for a girl. I was cross-eyed, so I wore these big funny glasses. I was overweight and people constantly made fun of me for that. And like we mentioned before we got on the podcast, my last name is Gross. So people were already saying ew before they even knew who I was, right? So I I had the opportunity to view myself as an outsider, but I chose otherwise. And from a young age, I realized that I I had a choice, you know, and I decided to use those seemingly negative characteristics as assets, right? So I was bigger than everybody else, sure, but I used that to my advantage at sports, right? I was, let's say, you know, I was cross-eyed and I wore these big glasses, right? So I already looked the part of somebody who was academic and studious. So I decided to say, you know what, I'm going to get good grades. And then, you know, my last name is gross, right? It gave me an opportunity to be a funny guy. So I would tell everybody, yeah, it's gross. It's disgusting. Ever since I was a young kid. Right. And people would laugh with me rather than at me. And, you know, nobody can see me right now, see you and I right now, but I have short hair. So I ended up, you know, cutting the long hair at some point. (laughs) (laughs) thank you so much for sharing that and I, yeah. I, I really want the listeners our listeners right now to hold on to that point about choice because it's funny I delivered a session this afternoon at my work organization Jordan around improving self-awareness mm. and it is assertive and to to own your power yeah. and for me choice is a lot about that because we can become can't we a victim it's so much easier to stay in the dark and to believe everyone else owns that power for us and what I'm sensing is cloud nine is all about owning that power of choice in, in many ways. Oh, a hundred percent. It really is. Cloud nine is making the choices that you want to make that you have within your heart and within your gut and in your intuition, rather than making the choices that society expects you to make and the people around you want you to make. So you're, you're absolutely right. Couldn't be more spot on. Oh, that's beautiful. So what's, what's your, what's your hopes? So when this book comes out in six or nine months time, what's your, if you could wave a magic wand as Jordan, what are you, what are you hoping the future is going to look like for, for people living their cloud nine lives? Oh my goodness. I have so many hopes, but really 
for me, it's, it's about a daily dose of happiness. It's about a daily dose of emotion. It's about a daily dose of inspiration. I want people to use their cloud nine moments in order to have this, this understanding and this realization that everything can be okay. If they have something to look forward to, if they have these moments in their lives that, uh, truly allows them to feel a different way than they were before. So that, that's it very simply. Um, and I want everybody to have a cloud nine moment, you know, when I, when the book comes out and it's about interpretation of the book. And that's why it's fiction actually is mm -hmm. because so much, and you mentioned, like you said, like I said before, you mentioned positive psychology, right? And, uh, I think in, in positive psychology, in self-help in personal growth and development, there's a stigma associated in which people are telling other people what to do based on research or based on studies or quantitative analyses of this and that. Right. But with cloud nine and the reason why I want to really spearhead a fictional personal development type book and type movement, that's all based on anecdotes is because I, I want people to take away what they want to take away rather than, you know, what I say goes, you know, it's not that at all. They're recommendations, not demands. So uh, I want people to think after they read Cloud9. I want them to think about their lives and I want them to make their own conclusions. I'm already going to say thank you for what you're doing with this book because I'm really actually excited to, to get hold of it myself. Really, I really, I really, really mean it because as you, the way you just so eloquently just described that, I think it's right. You know, I do read a lot of self-help books, a lot of development books. I do find them interesting. Yeah. But, but there is definitely... And it's funny, I'll, I'll put a shout out to a, a colleague and I'll connect you to him actually, Piers, Piers Thurston. Okay. You know, he's a consultant and he does a lot around what he calls quality of mind, which is actually, uh -huh. let's, let's be honest here, it's actually spiritual. You know, it's actually getting back to knowing that there is something bigger than all of us. And actually, when yeah. we start to look inside of ourselves more often for those moments that you're pointing us towards, uh -huh. everything opens up because you drop the anxiety, you drop uh -huh. the fear, you drop the I'm not, I'm not enough. I don't have enough. I'm not good enough. And that all comes from this fear of not conforming for me. Yeah. Yeah. So true. It's so true. Yeah. So, so get, the, get the book out quicker is my message. Oh, well, that's why I'm doing everything with the, the platform and on the website and sharing the cloud nine stories and going on, you know, having these kinds of conversations because I want people to know what it is. And then the book is just like a special prize at the bottom of the box. Right. Um, you know, that, that's what it's all about. Yeah. So, so, so what else are you doing as we start to look, look to wrap up, Jordan? What, what else are you actually working on? You mentioned you do some coaching. Of course, you yeah. wrote your first book, Getting Comfy. What, mm -hmm. what, what's your sort of breadth of work? I've also seen you've done volunteering in the past. You mentioned about the Alzheimer's um, uh, yeah. work that you did. So what's, give us a little bit more about those experiences or those moments every day for you that help you stay in cloud nine for Jordan. Yeah, so my, my cloud nine is all about adding value to others. Um, without expecting anything return is what I like to throw at the end of that. But, um, so yeah, I, I've always, you know, since that junior year starting the Alzheimer's organization, it's, it's really been all about impact. And for me, you know, how I want to be remembered, um, is based on the impact I made on the world, not the amount of money that I make. Right. So that's why I've done so many different things is because I fear the what if more than I actually fear the actual, the process of doing something. I fear 
looking back with regret and, and saying, you know, I wish I would have done that. I wish I would have done this. Um, I won't ever look back and say, you know what? I regret that I had that restaurant job. Like, no, not at all. I learned so much from that because whenever you go about and you experience something, even if it's something that you don't end up pursuing, even if it's something that you end up hating in my coaching, I actually ask people to go out into the world and do something that they hate. Right. Like, I always use this example, but like for me, I, I, I didn't, I don't hate it. I don't hate anything, but I dislike, or I'm uncomfortable with like dance classes. Right. So I've taken dance classes to just learn what I can pick out in those experiences that I do enjoy. Right. Um, so yeah, for me, it's all about taking everything as they come and it sounds cliche, but really taking every failure as an opportunity, um, taking every rejection as an opportunity. So that's why I've, I've tried to do so many different things. Um, but yeah, like you said, I, so getting comfy was what I did for the last year and a half. And, you know, I just gave a, a talk about that. And I still, I've talked to a lot of high schools and colleges and companies about how they can. So it started as a morning routine specifically, but now it's really a mental preparedness tool. C-O-M-F-Y, comfy is a acronym for calm, openness, movement, funny, and you. And openness is all about vulnerability, by the way. So that's why it's such a good fit with what you're talking about here. Um, so yeah, I, I help people, you know, get mentally prepared for, say, a public speech, uh, an interview, a uh, big exam for students, things like that. Um, and then the cloud nine coaching, is, it revolves around finding purpose. So for me, it's funny, I, I coach people in finding their passions and purpose, right? But I don't even know if that's possible. I don't think it's totally possible to find that with a coach. I, I think I, I've provided a framework for how you can go about doing it by following your curiosities, becoming extremely self-aware by doing something that you love, you know, out in the world. And then also doing something that you hate by talking to the people in your network and, and understanding things about yourself that you may have overlooked. Um, so I can do that with people. But, you know, again, it's up to the individual, her, himself, to interpret what it is that's truly going to light them up at the end of the day. So, um, you know, it's, it's tough stuff, but it, it's truly, truly like nothing else to see somebody's face light up when they realize what it is that they truly want and then start to go after what it is they truly want. And then even, you know, I've had people who have, have gotten what they truly want. So... That's that's really you know the icing on the end of the cake. That's awesome. Well, it's only been the last eighteen months for me that I've sort of clarified. You know, for me, it's similar to you, Jordan. It's around helping. What I call it awaken the innate brilliance of every individual because it, we're, so, we're all brilliant. We're all brilliant already. But we yeah. sort of, back to your point about socialising. I think from a very young age we socialise ourselves away from believing we're good enough or we have choice, etc. Mm -hmm. Even from the education system, yeah, it's, there's, there's, you're starting to fit in a box by the time you get to the world of work, you fit in another box. So like, it's sort of, I love what you've done about breaking all those down really early on and saying, Hey, I'm bigger than that box. And I'm going to step out of that box. And I'm going to be the best version of me outside of that box. I think it's so powerful, Jordan. Really? Yeah. I appreciate that. Gary. Thank you so much. Thanks. So, so as we, how can people get hold of you if they want to follow up, not only on following more, finding out more about the book, but maybe more generally your coaching services or just to connect with you. Cause you're a great connector on LinkedIn as well. Ah, thank you. Um, so simple journey to cloud nine.com. And that's all spelled out journey to cloud N I N E.com. 
And on there, you could learn everything about me. My contact info is on there, and I answer every email, every call. Um, like you said, connect with me on LinkedIn. But the most important thing in order for me to, to spread Cloud9 how I want it to and provide these daily doses of emotion is to sign up. Just throw your email in, and every Tuesday and Thursday, I send out a, somebody's Cloud9 moment, which is the description of them feeling that moment of euphoria, either on a daily or throughout their life, uh, throughout their lifetime. Um, and that's what, that's what you get. Yeah. So journey to cloud9.com and throw your email in there. That's so awesome. And I really appreciate you, Jordan, not only for what you're doing, but also for giving me a challenge and I'm going to put it out there now on this podcast. I'm going to get the courage to try something that I would normally dislike. So I'm not normally scared of stuff. I'm honest. Yeah. I've gone out of my way intentionally to do something that maybe is going to put me into a fear state or that I'm going to dislike. So I'm going to take that as an action and really think about something to, to step into in the next couple of weeks. So thank you. Nice. I love that. Please keep me updated. I want to know what it is. <laughs> awesome. Well, look, I'm going to make sure that your, all of your contact details are on the show notes and Jordan, your absolute pleasure and all the best with the book. Gary, thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Have a great day. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks so much. Hi, Gary Turner here, just wrapping up this excellent podcast with Jordan Gross. I really enjoyed learning about Jordan's purpose, which was to evoke any sort of emotion from one other person every single day. I think that simplicity, that clarity is really, really powerful. And what I also enjoyed learning from Jordan was that one of his aha moments or light bulb moments was actually the realization that he didn't need an aha moment or light bulb moment to truly step into his power and to try and make the difference in the world that he's currently making. And I fully agree with him that why do we wait for the perfect or imperfect alignment of the stars? Why not go ahead right now whilst you're in a great place to take control of the direction of your life? So, so many of us like myself have a slightly um, different origin story, whatever that may be. It's a catalyst for us trying to make a difference bigger than ourselves. But for Jordan, he did fit in. He had a great life. He was good at sports. He was good academically but it didn't stop him still striving to be an even better version of himself. And I think that's a really powerful message uh, from this particular podcast. I also enjoyed hearing about the fact that two of the key factors that he feels um, are, are helping him and indeed those of a similar age to him and his friends and, and those of his generation is that there is more access to information, more exposure to information and stories around people stepping into their power earlier in their life. And I think whilst I don't like the, the generalization of generations per se, I think this is a really important reflection that for someone like myself, who's only really woken up to this, the fact that we are all very much inside out human beings, that everything that we could ever need is already within us. We don't need to strive for external validation. You know, for, for Jordan and for those of his generation and those that are that way inclined, to see this so much earlier in life, I think is only a good thing for society at large. He also spoke about the fact that his sphere of influence and the people he surrounds himself with and the things he surrounds himself with is also a major influence on his life and how he brings his purpose to vision and to life. I've heard so many times, and maybe you have the listener as well, that we become the average of the five people we spend the most time with. So why not think about that today? If you're listening to this podcast, who are those five people? that you are spending the most time with? Are they good for you? Are they bad for you? Are they in a bad place? Are they in a good place? You know, are there any changes you might need to make? Or is there any support you might need to offer? 
So something for, for you to think about there and certainly something I'll be thinking more about. And that particular thing as I wrap up that I said that I'm going to do, that thing that's more difficult or icky or maybe that I would dislike, it's actually going to be to talk to someone within my work organisation that I've avoided for quite a long time now for a whole range of different reasons. And I'm going to step in, lean into that person and see how I can help them um, because there's more to be done within the work organisation in a particular part um, that I've avoided for a couple of years now due to some previous interactions. So I'm going to take that action step, lean into that conversation. And I thank Jordan for waking me up um, to the need to do that um, for myself. So I really hope you found this conversation interesting. There's so many more takeaways than this for me personally, but I'd love to learn as I know Jordan would what you take away from this conversation. So please do look, let us know via Twitter, via LinkedIn, or indeed via uh, the iTunes app. And we'd always appreciate any feedback you may be willing to offer. And of course, a rating in the hope that this podcast, if it serves you, will indeed serve other people following your referral. So have a wonderful day, evening or morning, wherever you are in the world. And again, my name is Gary Turner from the Value Through Vulnerability podcast.